after great anticipation today, I'm having a guest with. Meanwhile, the whole agency, a whole agency podcast for the first <laughs> time in my illustrious career. We've got uh, we've got Tim Jones, one of the CDs. I hope I'm getting these job titles right. Hello. Yeah. CCO Junior. CCO Mid-way. Junior Chief Creative Officer and yeah. Joint <laughs> Chief Creative Junior. We've got Al Merchant or is it Alistair? Uh, it's Al Marchant. Marchant. That's something we're going to cut. <laughs> me, me and Alistair were just talking off mic a moment ago, saying, do we cut things? I was like, no, no, we leave it all in. And if this gets in, I'll be very embarrassed. And then, of course, James Cross over there. Hi. Hi. I haven't got a job title. <laughs> no job titles yet. Um, thanks, guys. I know it's difficult for you to be here, partially because you're busy launching a new agency, partially because one of you is busy launching a new person, and um, you know all the things that go along with life. Uh, why did you choose now to do it after maybe being at the peak of you know, creative careers, just having a new kid, the best time to start a new business. What, what, why did this happen now? It's a very good question. One we often ask ourselves. I certainly ask myself that on a regular basis at the moment with a three-week-old child. But um, I guess it's one of those things, like we've been talking about starting an agency for like 10 years, James mm. and I. So it's sort of like now's as good a time as any. And Al got in touch, keep saying 18 months, but it's probably over two years ago now. Um, was it pandemic um, time, kind of, this, the, the ambition started brewing? Or? I thought, wow, well, like I say, it's something we've always talked about, but James and I just never had the a capable person of making it happen, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had two lots creative of, types. Lots um, of full starts, yeah. lots of people kind of interested, and but um, Al's the one who makes things happen. So. Right. Here we are. So with <laughs> I, guess, them, I guess the answer, real answer is there's never yeah. a good time to really start an agency like there's never a good time to have a child so I thought yes. I'd just do both in at the same time it was definitely a bit of the pandemic for me just having a bit more time to kind of reflect and think about things and just think about where you're going in your life and your mm. career and and actually there are more important things in life than making money for other people so yes you know we thought let's just let's just do it and actually people are asking us now with the you know, what's going on with the economy at the moment? Is it the right time? But actually, I think, if anything, that'll help us as a, you know, as a startup business that can be more nimble and agile. Clients will will need, you know, better ways of working and so on. So I think actually it could be, it could help us that, yeah. All right, I'm looking forward to hearing a lot more about that in a moment, Al, because we need to discuss, uh, we need to discuss the serious point of differentiation for you guys, which I think we're quite excited about. Yeah. Yeah. James, I think I'm sensing as well a kind of I, I, I do I think I mentioned accidentally on every podcast. Crystal uh, testified to this that I kind of skirt around everyone's ages a bit awkwardly. But yeah. I'm guessing we're all around the forty mark, right? Yeah, yeah. we're all forty-two actually. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within a few months of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the school year below these two though. We always think in school years for the yeah. rest of our I lives. I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weirdly, I do. <laughs> but I was wondering if if that forty-two and still talk about it, still thinking yeah. school years, yeah. still thinking about the meaning of life. Yeah. Uh, is that is there something about hitting that milestone of age where you think? Uh, if it's going to happen, I just actually need to make it happen. You kind of imagined one day you'd just go, oh, I'm ready to do it now, I'm going to launch a business. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Uh, it's sort of... Not really. I think it, you get to a point in your career where it's like, um, I think we'd all got to where we wanted to be. Um, you could kind of then, I've always felt that we had a choice to either do our own thing or sort of almost take golden handcuffs somewhere where you, your salary gets to a point where you can't really get off the train yes. so it's kind of uh, that was always quite scary um, yeah I, I think it's sort of a balance between you want as much experience as you possibly can if you're going to launch your own thing but equally mm-hmm. you still want to have the youthfulness and energy and you know all that kind of stuff so i yeah. think actually it feels like the right sort of 
ages for us, really. Yeah, we? yeah, definitely. It's that old uh, J- the the slogan for JFK's campaign, presidential campaign: "Old enough to know and young enough to do." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect analogy. I just, yeah, and it's kind of, I think we're similar ages, but I think we're like, and similar experiences, I guess. So we all started, we all sort of met many, many years ago at an agency where we were all juniors. So yeah. we've all sort of gone our separate way and ways and sort of built different sort of levels of experience. And James and I have been really fortunate with the five years we've had at, at BBC Creative and sort of that, the platform that that's given us to, to launch an agency is like, it's now's the time. And being brutally honest, like the time we've had at the BBC is amazing. And like we, we've loved it and we've left at a really good time. But we're sort of, after five years, particularly working in sport, then the same briefs start yes. to come around and we're looking for, you know, we're looking to do something different and new mm. and that's part of the excitement mm. of starting your own agency. It's the ultimate creative project. Yeah. yeah. You know, in a way, it's like, you've okay, you've won the awards, you've done all the big ads. It's like now, okay, can we actually make an agency? And we've made an agency, now it's, <laughs> can we make any money out of it? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> actually realise yeah, making the agency good. is the easy bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> the most, it's already like, just a few weeks in, the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. Definitely. That's really, really great yeah. to hear because yeah. uh, I get the impression that it's about bringing incentive reward back to the table. Incentive reward being, of course, when you are working for the reward you're about to get as opposed to consumer-free reward, which is when you're kind of satisfied mm. and you've got what you need. Mm. I get the impression that certainly uh, at uh, focusing on you two for a minute at BBC, uh, one of the um, gratifying things about working there, and I think we discussed this on our first podcast a couple of years ago, yeah. is that the briefs are there and mm. they land and they're already in and you don't need to necessarily, you know, uh, pitch to death to bring new clients in and do big work, you know. And, uh, Pretty good briefs as well. And great briefs. <laughs> yeah. uh, was it the case that after a while, that's like, you actually want to chase work? Um, no, not necessarily. I think my, the thing with the, the briefs, it was always a bit of a concern that, you know, it was the the creatives at BBC never really knew a lot of hardship in terms of when we were um, sort of in our formative years. If you missed out on the Christmas ad at the agency, there wasn't a great deal going on for a long time. So you, but at the BBC, you could fail on Monday and pick up on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which was really good. But um, yeah, at the same time, I think I weirdly used to love pitching <laughs> and yeah. we, we've never never done that at the BBC at all. I think, I think there's a danger in that though as well to a degree. <clears throat> like James talked about golden handcuffs but there's almost like a, oh, this sounds really spoiled but there's a there's a crate of handcuffs as well with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. When, they, when you're constantly getting these amazing briefs, mm-hmm. like this sounds so like ridiculous to say because it's like, it, ha- it, it is and has been the dream job for James and I and like the work that we've got to do but there is that safety net in that constant sequence of briefs yeah that you could quite happily stay there for 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 the rest of our careers we could have yeah. quite happily stayed at, at bbc creative until you know until we were until we were done really but yeah. i think a we've always had the, amb- the the ambition to make our own thing so and 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 b like you're saying like i said before sort of at the same time those briefs become a little bit of a cycle of briefs particularly in sport when you've done you know the next the World Cup was our first and last brief. Right, yeah. At the BBC, so it's like... Did they end up referencing your old work? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you no, definitely. Brushing. You definitely do. So it's, and it's kind of like, and that's, that's, that's great. And again, it sounds real spoiled to be like, oh, another World Cup brief. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's, 
we've always had that ambition to do more and like the excitement of doing this is like what is next and sort of like there you know there is a bit of excitement in your chase and then there's also that that sort of uncertainty is like you know can we do it on the other briefs can we can we keep going can we keep yeah. our can we keep our um creative ambitions high enough and to deliver against you know a brief that isn't the world cup or an olympics <laughs> there's huge excitement as well when you win a pitch isn't there especially yeah definitely but, yeah. you know mm. i remember we we won our first pitch sort of before we even launched didn't we and it was mm, just it, the yeah. the best feeling in the world like mm. it's good when you win a pitch when you're just an employee at an agency but when it's your own thing it's just a whole other level it's just it means so much more you know? absolutely i remember um uh, our two founders when they got their first brief, very, very like meager kind of budget thing for some online activation for the lottery <laughs> and uh, like champagne and like hugging each <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely know wherever you speak there, but let's, let's focus on you for a moment, Al, um, because um, Tim and James are obviously like local celebrities basically in this scene. Um, and um, <laughs> we're not like so the right room. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was it. You were, you, be on that <laughs> you were branded as the mystery third partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't my words, by the way, no. all these guys. Was that was a complete accident. We built yeah. up. Where have you been? What well. have you been doing since parting with these guys in the first place? So you met at... Big. Big, yeah. Uh, big communications. Well, I joined in 2007, but you guys were there. 2007? Yeah. So five, I started there, and you think you were joined about the same time? Yeah, I started 2004. I stayed there for, for nine years um, and then went off to work at an agency called Chapter in Birmingham, yep. which was fantastic, actually. Quite a small agency, but quite a, a different way of doing things with a, a unique model and a really, really good culture. Yeah. And um, joined there in, in kind of a mid to senior role and then progressed up to, to being MD, which I just absolutely loved doing. Um, but that agency went on quite a journey whilst I was there. So it was acquired, became part of a network agency. The original founders left. Um, and I felt I just learned so much there. Were you that, close with the founders? Yeah, really, really close. Actually. What happens when they leave? So you've got this strata kind of removed and then you're just with the new holding company bosses or whatever. Like what, what happens to the personality of the business and to your working life when that happens? Yeah, I mean, inevitably the personality of the business does change a lot because actually I think and what we're really conscious of is that a business is you know the the soul of it is the the founders you know and you, you can't sort of get away from that but equally you know the an agency is every single person that works there so yep. it was it was still a, a really good place and still fond of it and and seeing how they're doing and so on but like I said I just felt like I'd, I'd learned enough you know the bare minimum to now be able to go out and and do our own thing and yep. uh time to do something different. Yeah, it, uh, Sean Thompson at Who What Why was telling me that when they set up, because they'd been at Widen, 180, Crispin Porter and all these places, yeah. and they said, screw it, let's start our own place, registered the name of the business. I'm like, all right, now what do we do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, How yeah. do you do the rest of it? Yeah, right. um, is that part of the excitement of launching this thing that now you're actually going to have to figure stuff out on the fly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a massive part of it. And, you know, whether it's the, the really big stuff like working on strategy for a new client or whether it's just working out what branded tea bags we want to have in the office, it's yeah. all, it all feels big and it all feels exciting. You know, it, it, it sounds like massive cliche, but it just feels like a really fun sort of journey to be on, really. Yeah. yeah really so you guys came back together after, so how many years apart did I, or did we already say? 
say that. Yeah. Ten, wasn't it? Yeah. Nine or ten, something yeah. like yeah. that. And you yeah. guys were talking a number of times a year about this one day, no. one day, one day. <laughs> no, no, not really. James, James think, and I always have, but yeah. Yeah, we have. We, we used to, we'd see each other at award shows. Mm. Yeah. Like, Hi, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Um, with each other on the dance floor. Yeah, the occasional, <laughs> occasional Facebook like. Um, but no, I don't, yeah, we weren't, um, we weren't hanging out over that 10 years. But we, that just makes sense. It sounds like I've tried to do like an investigation for the BBC. Like, were you always like, doing it's <laughs> no, constructive? We Tim, Tim and I always knew the BBC, what, we wanted it to be our last ever employed Agency, yeah. gig. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time. We first, we spoke, first seriously spoke about this in about 2010 mm-hmm. with a, a friend of ours who's gone on to other things and looking back now I think given our experience now I'm so glad that that never happened Me not too. that we ever <laughs> we ever progressed past the kitchen table you know a couple of evenings really but yeah we've always been scheming we've always known this was coming yeah. so, so now it's uh, launched and um, the the uh, Recently, I was at one of the local agencies, and uh, the some someone who uh, you know uh, I'll keep off the record was saying. <laughs> meanwhile, are the latest Manchester people to say we're going to bring the standard of London to Manchester, mm. and you know that we've been saying that for years. We've got we have a. We have a TBWA office here. We now have a Dentu office here. Leith mm. have moved down here. There's obviously McCann where you guys were for a bit in yep. Field. What's going to be different about meanwhile? beyond the agility of it? Yeah, I mean, I, mean <clears throat> I think sort of it's, uh, we're, we're, we're in Manchester, but we're, we're not a Manchester agency. We're just an agency. Yeah, you know, okay. sort of like, I don't, I think it's just that, and I, I don't know whether that mindset, I don't know, comes from having been at the BBC and having like and being and being fortunate enough to work with so many people in so many places with, that didn't feel like a manchester agency yeah it just it's just it, mm. it, i think we just we're just an agency yeah. we'll you know we'll we'll compete and 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 yeah do our best to beat everyone we can and land as much business as we can and do the best work that we possibly can and sort of we happen to be a manchester because we love manchester and we love yeah we love the the the, the vibe that's it and also it it's an instant differentiation. Mm-hmm. Like if we had started an agency in London, which we could have done, but then you just... You're one of... Disappearing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's sort of like, it's all, you know, and the, you know, the, the reason we're called Meanwhile is that sort of like that is like, well, what's the, what's the slightly different, different way of doing things? And just yeah. not for the sake of being different, but, but actual, actual off, offering real difference and, yeah. you know, and, and for, the, for all the right reasons, like we can be happier in, Manchester, sort of. So, why wouldn't we set up here? It does make sense. I definitely know what when you when we uh, with the BBC work you were describing. Yes, it felt like it didn't feel like regional work, mm. and doing lots of that. It sounds like made it feel like there is no such thing as regional work. There's only, let's say, regionally capped aspiration or ambition. Mm. The other agencies I mentioned a moment ago have the, uh, unfor- well, they have the issue of being saddled as part of a network. So you mm. get given mm-hmm. briefs, you get given clients, and you yeah, win your own yeah, local yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it makes you're you regional yeah. when you're part of a, yeah. a network. So yeah. McCann, I'm not trying to trash McCann here, but for example, they would be like, well, McCann London is the central hub and we'll kind of decide what goes out to the other bits? Uh, I mean, I think McCann has got a brilliantly talented creative department that does compete with the, the best around, yeah. I think. Um, I think our gen- yeah. We've got a genuine belief that, um, you know, we are a, 
a very credible alternative to the sort of the, the biggest shops. And I think we can match and beat what they do. Yeah. And, um, you know, hopefully we've proven, proven that over the last few years. Um, and, you know, the other, I think the other important thing about being, you know, Manchester just happens to be the place we're set up mm-hmm. is that in this sort of post-COVID world where people aren't expected to be in the office, there's no reason why our first hires won't be based in London yeah. and come up when we need them or or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a really, really different landscape. And I think, you know, I I sort of live in Cheshire and I know the estate agents are now saying that half of their inquiries are from people in London. So oh, it's yeah. kind of... I think the 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 playing field is a lot a lot flatter. Um, so like post COVID agency, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and then post COVID, but then we we can look beyond, you know, the immediate area for our employees, and I think that's what well, and their clients as well, yeah. and yeah. our clients, clients yeah. yeah. Also, I think it's sort of like our mentality is, has always been. I think it's <clears throat> like just work with the best possible people you can, and yeah. it doesn't really matter where they are, whether yeah. that's. Manchester, London, different country, whatever. And I think that's sort of particularly been, it's always been our mentality, but like the, what's happened in the, you know, over COVID and lockdown sort of is everyone's just way more equipped and not even equipped, equipment mentally to be yes. able to make that shift and just, and just do that. It is interesting, actually, because what you're describing almost sounds like the uh, mentality of a network, but without the overheads, because... I was uh, with Andy Jacks at TBWA a few weeks ago, and he was saying one of the things he loves about being CCO of network agency is they can brief some work out to, I don't know, Sydney when mm. they go to bed and the work's mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. by the time they get up in the morning. Um, but of course, like we said, with the overheads of a network are incredibly constraining. Mm. And you have to, you know, I imagine the, if you're pitching for a big piece of work, your budgets will have to be immense. Yeah. Um, it sounds like what you're describing is you can have that network mentality. You can be working with people anywhere and everywhere. Uh, you can work with clients anywhere and everywhere, um, but you can do it in a more agile way. You can get m- perhaps more bang for the buck because of having the, the smaller overheads, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think sort of we can bring value to all clients as well because, <coughs> excuse me, I think it's like, <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, and bring, yeah, bringing value to all clients is sort of like there's so many amazing briefs out there that you can shift the dial with. With clients as well, that just doesn't have to be huge, huge clients. We want the huge clients, but we want to just do great work for yeah, for great for work with great people as well. But you're you're right. I think sort of our model is always been, and I think again this this experience that we've had working in house. So I think James and I have been fortunate to have quite a varied experience now of working in network agencies, working in commercial agencies. Mm-hmm working at a broadcaster that's in-house, sort of like taking all of that experience and that and that, those ways of working and bringing to the fore in our startup is allows us to to think that way as well. It's like the, the best work we've always done is when you everyone goes there together and it's like a quite a small, tight-knit team of, yeah. of you know, senior people. And that's the that's what we what we what meanwhile will be is like constant, you know, contact to senior people like you know yeah. you will have us working on on your briefs you know and that that will continue as we grow we'll be bringing in senior people to work on yeah. work on briefs but like marketing directors with can call creatives it's not there's not uh there's no ivory tower around a creative department there's mm-hmm. no one forwarding messages between 
you know, a marketing department and the creative department. We mm. want to keep that close because, like Tim says, those relationships, which we, we've learned at the BBC, all the, the best work we did at the BBC is generally where we have the best relationships with yeah. marketing. The crappiest work we did at the BBC, which you don't see, is probably where we had the crappiest relationships mm. with with our marketing colleagues. Which that goes for production seven. companies as well, yeah, sort absolutely. of, you know, working with people from the outset, not not making the thing on paper yeah. and taking it to a production company and saying, make that. It's, yeah. you know, this is this is the idea. How do we make it grow together? And it's sort of like those experiences have, those experiences have always been the best. You know, working with you guys in the same sort of, <clears throat> you know, the Winter Olympics project was a perfect example of that. It's like, we just, we spent, I think, a week, 10 days with the brief because it was a really tight turnaround, had an idea, went to Blink Inc., and grow it together with the director. Yeah. And bringing you guys in early to make that, to craft that that piece and sort of like for a job of that sort in quite record time. So yeah, you absolutely. you guys have a very, very strong, um, let's say you carry a strong value of, trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound jargony and it's just not working. You guys really are a proponent of collaboration in a way that isn't just buzzwordy, like we're really collaborative. It's like, no, we actually want to be in conversation mm. with the client and with yeah, the people who are mm. producing things for us instead of we'll have some ideas and then accounts team deliver the message. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to do get away from the sort of ta-da presentations. Here's the thing. It's kind of, it's... It's so much more gratifying to go on the journey with the, you know, the marketing teams and realize their ambition and maybe push their expectations of, yep. of what we can do and everything else. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's been such a steep learning curve. At McCann, um, when we were there several years ago, we never really did that. Yep. Um, uh, and then at BBC, we've been forced to do that. And it, at first, it was, you know, it was you'd see, you know, Martin colleagues walking down the corridor and you go, oh God, where do I need to <laughs> So it'd be like somewhere? having an agency with the clients on yeah, patrol. Yeah, but actually it's, it's so good and we're already in, you know, we're WhatsApping a, a client of ours, the three of us, last night and yeah. it's, we're already talking about briefs in quite a casual way, which we have to put in a more formal process just to go through the, you know, what you have to do. But um, yeah, it's, it's such a gratifying way of working and, you know, we, we don't we're not we're not driven by egos which i think yeah. a lot of bigger agencies when you get sort of the big sort of c-suite creatives it it is a you know you can't help it but for be quite an ego-driven world yeah um, i think the challenge with lots of agencies particularly network agencies is inadvertently they put quite a lot of barriers in between the client and the work and the client in the agency um, and that that's really what we're we're trying to strip out and I think the best possible example of that and I mention this all, all the time at the moment is that if you think about it most creative agencies have got more account handlers than they've got creatives yeah yeah and when the creatives the product there's something massively wrong there it's like the old joke about Disney having more lawyers than animators yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, and they're, they're yeah. trying to keep the clients as far away from the, the creatives as possible which mm. just means that the work takes longer it's um, more nervous while you're doing it yeah mm. yeah you're like we only get one shot you know, yeah. this brief window. And the work probably won't be as good at, at the end either. So that's what we're we're trying to strip out, really. And that's not to say we won't have any account handlers because, you know, they still have a, a really important role to add. But yeah. by getting the guys actually in the room with the mm. with the client, the clients love it. The guys hear firsthand what, what we need to do. And it, it's just a more efficient process as well. Yeah. It's more fun as well. It's a much more <laughs> fun way of working. 
for everyone. It's like sort of, I think those processes and procedures take all the fun out of it and just make it. And agencies often complain when they become like this factory floor or like, mm. you know, they become a, they be, um, it become a service that's purchased and quite and quite and it becomes quite cold yep, and yep. sort of like you just want to avoid all of that because yeah. it's and that's where all the the costs goes as well so you alluded <clears> to <throat> network agencies being more expensive before and that's why because they just pile in all these other people that are involved it's in it billable hours isn't yeah, it yeah exactly that so we can um you know we're by no means going to be the the cheapest agency but we can probably be better value because more of the time that clients are paying us for will actually be working on on the work rather than all the admin crap that sits in the middle mm. absolutely mm. and let's focus on um let's focus on your uh your the point of differentiation al that you were talking about before uh i i understand i don't know a great deal about it but i understand that you uh, are bringing something to the table that actually makes meanwhile different in a straightforward and tangible way from the client's perspective so um yeah so we are building um, our own kind of software platform, basically, that the idea is it will just suck all the admin out of the way. So uh, we're calling it the uh, meme machine. And James has coined the phrase that it's like a, a delivery for advertising, which is <laughs> seems to be really resonating with clients. Yeah, we've, we've desperately tried to explain it to people, but those that short phrase seems yeah. to people get it then. That, when you've actually invented something new, you know because you can't explain it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of, well, I don't, you know, I think there's variations of it, but it's, We've always thought it's a meanwhile thing to do to just do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, I think it'll be, uh, yeah, a, a really good thing and it'll enable us to run this agency as we want to run it. Mm. Um, it might be a huge failure because we haven't launched it yet, but so far, in theory, it works. In practice, we'll keep it in beta mode for as, as long right. as we can. So yeah. we're going to avoid being too uh, over-promisy about it here and now. Well, I think the thing is we're small enough at the moment to do that naturally but as we grow and obviously grow the business and grow the client base then that'll become more and more important to be able to deliver on you know on on how we want to work with those 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 guys so yeah it's, it's yeah it's going to form a big part of the way we work but it's just as Al said it's all just designed to remove those barriers between all of us and the client and yeah. the, the great work but also remove the barriers between the client and the great work as well sort of like we want everyone to be to be involved and feel like they know exactly where where the work is. That like, I think James made a really good point about that. Most agencies like work on that ta-da moment. It's like, oh, don't worry, we'll 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 go off. Give us your brief, and we'll go off, and in three weeks we'll come back and we'll do a Don Draper kind of yeah, like literally yeah. that ta-da moment is like much rather do that with like, them in, in over the course of three yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, sort of like. Lots of conversations, lots of because that to that moment seems seems great, but actually, what you end up doing is just constantly second guessing. Yes, what what someone might like, what someone because might you not only like. get one shot, yeah, and exactly, it looks yeah. a little bit too much <clears throat> nervous pressure on the whole process. I will actually, you know, add to that that um, I have experienced what you guys are talking about, and and and. Uh, and sympathise with it because of the, the because of the Winter Olympics Extreme by Nature project, which is to say that normally it's the 
The process is what we described, right? Where the client kind of comes out with the bugle and says, duh, 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 you know, request for a proposal, show me something impressive in 10 days, you're against four other people, you get, you know, one minute mm. really to impress us. <laughs> and you, yes, there's this nervous anticipation, you're not really, fear doesn't produce the best work, I don't think, excitement and enthusiasm does. So yeah, you spend 10 days kind of sweating over whether you're going to win it or not. And we presented four demos uh, to you guys mm. and none of them were exactly what you wanted. Now, usually that's when it's like, okay, thanks for trying because someone else has got it close enough. Mm. But this process, you guys said, okay, it's only it's 50% there. We'll take that 50% and then build on top of that and make that better. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be trying to do that with the clients instead of going, okay, guys, here's our one big presentation. We're writing it all on this. You're going to be doing that collaboration with them. We're saying, you know, what do you think of this? Let's uh, give them four different routes and maybe they say, well, let's try this one and see what... Yeah, know. yeah. Is that mm -hmm. what we're thinking? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that goes yeah. down to... That comes to getting people invested in the work you're doing as well. So I'd much rather... I think with experience, you are able to spot talent and know who you want to work with and sort of the people, who they are and how they work is as important as the, you know, the the, the, the work that they create is sort of like, so it's, we can hopefully replicate that with with, with clients, you're right, as well, because it's that build confidence, sort of like, like you say, everyone's way more invested if they, if they're, you know, you, you, you like you say, you're not pitching against three other people. We often mm. rarely pitch a, you know, a script out to multiple directors is sort of like, yeah. I think you get to a place where you should be experienced enough to know this one will be best with that. Person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's so, sort of yeah. like, and it's in that, but then rather than spending three weeks getting three directors to pitch on something, pick the right person and use that three weeks to really refine work on the it idea. together. Yeah, refine the idea together back and forth, like make it conversational, make it a, make it a process, make it a collaborative process. It's sort yeah. of, it's, it's, it's again. It's just a much more fruitful experience. Everyone is invested, like, and again, because when you go through that process, it's all the same. Sort of like they, they begin second guessing what it, what the outcome needs to be. So they don't, they probably hold back a little bit. So yeah. it's sort of like, well, I'm, I, I'm pitching this to win it, so I don't want to veer too far from the script, or I don't yes. want to, I don't want to invest it. Well, what if we started again on that script and? Did this because like, oh, all right yeah great. yeah and we've done mm -hmm. we've done that plenty of times with directors and that like that's I think that's that's the that's a brilliant that's the exciting bit like that's oh, definitely, sort yeah. of like yeah, sort of bit and you have to be open to that collaboration and confident enough to be able to 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 do that I think and it's sort of like it's so much more gratifying to do that for everyone involved. So should we talk about the fact that you've already been winning work? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because <laughs> we just announced. I mean, I know it's um, come out in was it in campaign that you've already got the Chester Zoo account, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, that's uh, not bad for an agency that's about what are you three weeks old or something like that. Yeah, well, we actually won it before we technically won it before we were born. You won it in utero. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah, yeah, former BBC colleague of ours who uh, Helen uh, Dean definitely not just saying this, but one of the best marketers we work with. She is. Um, very ambitious and willing to take a pun, and yeah, yeah, is is definitely feels like we're together. We're not, you know, we're not reporting to her. It feels like she's kind of we're in the team. Mm. We're, we're on the, the bus together, so to speak. Um, so yeah, we've that's been going um, going well. We did uh, a little bit of work for them over the summer, mm -hmm. which has you know funded our runway, so to speak. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, it's going going well. And then yeah, hopefully there'll be some other announcements before too long. Okay. All right. All right. So um, I mean, I can't I don't have the release schedule with me, but hopefully it'll be uh, by the time this is out, we'll know what you're on about. <laughs> yeah. um, Al, what's going on in terms of beating the bush for new business, going out and looking and trying to impress new clients? What's going on there? Um, well, to be completely honest, what's been amazing, what we're really lucky about, and partly because of these guys' profile, is that we've had quite a lot of clients coming to us, actually. Brilliant. Um, and you can't ask for more than that as an agency, really. And some really cool brands that we mm. genuinely love to work with. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we've also been going out there and kind of absolutely rinsing our contacts, and quite a few people have been so helpful just sitting and listening and humoring us by by kind of having experiencing our creds and just letting us know what they think really um but um i mean the truth is at the moment we're at the start of a long journey so we're we're doing pretty much anything it, it takes to get the right work through the door but that is part of the nice thing of it being our own thing is that we don't have to say yes to absolutely anything now we're not going to be really precious and say no no if it, unless it's in this sector or unless it's massive budget we're not going to do it yeah. but what we are, I suppose, a bit more precious about is working with the, the right type of clients. And by that, I don't mean the right type of brand or the right type of sector, but clients who will want to get involved and stuck in the creative process with us and clients that are up for doing something a bit different that's going to that's going to stand out. So mm-hmm. making sure that we choose the right, the, you know, clients who are absolutely up for coming on the journey with us is really important. And that's part of the beauty being in this situation that we're in mm. at the moment that we can do that. Mm. So something that's difficult about talking about the um, future is obviously it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so um, it's difficult to pull things out of what might happen and, um, and and comment on it. But should we take a moment to examine what Meanwhile is made of? Because we've circumambulated a lot of this in the discussion. Mm-hmm. But maybe like a little quick fire, you know, we got this from... Big. We got this from McCann. We got this mm-hmm. from Go. You know, is it is it is it what a lot of startups are? It's a yeah, assembly yeah. of the best things you experience. Yeah. Well, we've always said that you learn you learn loads from the good things, but you kind of learn more from the bad things, okay. <laughs> the bad people of how not to do stuff. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Lay it on us. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, what did we get from? Let's go. What was the agency you first met? Were you all at Big? At did big, you say yeah. big? What did you learn from there that you've brought into Meanwhile? I think like that. I mean, that was so, that was so much because it was it was this quite small agency in like in Leicester of all places, massively mm-hmm. punching above its weight. Like from the client base, it was it, it had and the work it was the work it was um, it was putting out. So, I think I definitely learned there from like you're not. Your ambitions aren't tempered by your location and your geography. Yeah, like, yeah. you could yeah. be a future premier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they yeah. had a, good, they good, had a good, saying good which good was uh, "in it to win it," which always and it was, it was, you know, the, if you don't if you don't try, you don't you don't win, kind of thing. But um, I as in, they didn't saddle themselves with this. We're not a major like city, no, regional no. agent. No, well, I they mean, didn't it, didn't ever feel like a regional agency, and mm. I think for a, a sort of a golden period when we were there. Um, together the first time was we really were doing big work we like WKD was coming out of there uh, we won Domino's um, Harley Davidson Harley Davidson oh, right. which is like it's kind of ridiculous when you think of where that agency was but so from there you learned not to be cons- not to constrain your ambition just because you don't think you're in the right place yeah, yeah exactly. there's a, there's... definitely definitely 100% learned my work ethic from there as well though because right. it was like it was it was your textbook um ad agency creative department mentality which was you go home when the work's done yes <laughs> yeah um, 
which was also you've learned that's also unhealthy at the same yeah, time. Yeah. But so I think we've we've learned we don't want to be like that. Yes. But in terms of you know over delivering on what's expected, um, absolutely took that mm. from there. Yeah, right. 100%. And then uh, the next place because this is where we start doing this Chris Nolan kind of deviation because yeah. you guys went to McCann. After we that. went to McCann. We had a uh, I think probably our. Vince McSweeney came in as ECD, which is a, a massive, um, he was a massive influence on us. Um, and again, he he kind of taught us so many sensibilities. He had a saying about, um, you know, I want work that where I've never seen it that way before. And it's, you know, the importance of originality. Um, and again, the, the just the pure ambition of doing, you know, big work, that agency was not, mentioned in the same sentence as the can lions but now absolutely is mm-hmm. um again it's not not accepting your place it's kind of striving for more and yeah that experience after big um absolutely ingrained in us definitely what about you from your next shot al what did you pick up there um i i think i would say um having as much focus on what an agency might call it's bottom 20% of the work compared to the top 20%. Yeah. So, you know, all agencies have got their greatest hits and that's the stuff that you see on their websites and in their creds and all that kind of stuff. And all agencies have got the, perhaps the slightly more hardworking stuff that actually pays lots of the bills that you never show anyone. Um, but I think at, at Chapter, the real focus on on treating that stuff as importantly as the, as the award-winning stuff and yeah. making sure, because actually that stuff is as important to clients is, yeah. the, is the truth, and making sure that that work is, is as good as the kind of top 20%, if that makes sense. It does. It reminds me of I had um, the former Chief Creative Officer, Kala Helsen, Chief Creative Officer of 180 Amsterdam, uh, came on the podcast, and he used the analogy of saying... Um, uh, use the the obvious ice cream analogy of saying no one no one hates vanilla. It's no one's favorite. It is the biggest share of the market. It's forty percent. But if you only concentrate on that, you're missing sixty percent mm. of the market, mm-hmm. where the more interesting stuff often mm-hmm. is as well. Now that's not necessarily the case. In you know, the, I'm not saying that the biggest clients are the most boring ones. That part of the analogy doesn't work. But you learn there not to just concentrate on the you know the star players and and you know treat the like you say, the bottom 20%, like they uh, should be grateful to even be having you as a as Well, an I, d- I don't mean so much the bottom 20% in terms of the the smallest 20% of the clients. Right, I mean, yeah. actually, for every client has got the the big kind of highlights, the Christmas TV ads or the, you know, the big award winners. But pretty much all clients, at, at all agencies have got the the kind of more hardworking work as well yes and but to some client somewhere sitting in a in an office that is the most important bit of work they'll do that year and it's important that as an agency that we recognize that and are seen to care as much about that work as the agency that we do that will make us famous as an agency yeah also there's opportunity with all of that as well like um, mentioned harley davidson working on that account it's sort of like you sweat and spend months on the big brand film but actually, the opportunity was in the dealer marketing, like the little <laughs> little parts and accessories fly. That's where we won most of the awards that we won on Harley Davidson was on the like the trade up. You know, it's, you've had your bike for three years. Now it's time to get your next one. That sort of like the little yeah. That, that was the that was a real the, the the really good stuff because it flew under the radar as well. And so it's sort of like yes. You would, and again, it goes back to that best work comes from the closest relationship because you haven't got six tiers of like of, of different brand teams in different countries all 
focusing on this one piece of work, whereas you're just you're just talking to that that marketing director there that's that's focused on that one piece of work that you can make really brilliant. It reminds me of something Steve Harrison said recently. Uh, he said, you know, uh, the best creatives are the ones who realize they're actually in business, not the arts, you know what yeah, I mean? Totally. <laughs> yeah, I hate that kind of old, that stereotype of a creative, that sort of old, you know, arrogant, uh, precious, precious, <laughs> you know, unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think it's healthy. I think um, that's not the way it is. And we're not, yeah, we're not, Yes, we're making the best thing we can possibly make and we want it to be amazing, but yeah, we don't forget that work has an objective. Yeah, you're serving your clients and they're yeah, serving exactly. their customers. Yeah, the effectiveness awards, if you're lucky enough to get something like that, those results are way more impressive than the sort of bits of tin we might win. The can you made a nice film award kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Not to trash can, but you know. That's great. It's great <laughs> and it's lovely, but uh, yeah, it doesn't... It only also, means something. It's, it's not our job. Our job isn't mm. to make something for ourselves. Yes. We have to make something brilliant for someone else that yeah. serves a purpose. Like, I think the best work we... The best work... Like, if, you've, if you're fighting all the way through from the moment you present an idea to the moment you present an offline, then it's not the right idea, actually. Yeah. Like, the, the right idea is the one, and I think we talk about this a lot, is when we speak to our clients, is like, it has to be the right work. It can't just be great and that's it this has to be the right the right piece of work because yeah. the right piece of work will be good and, and it will and it will serve the purpose it needs mm. to serve so is it the case that when the brief is right or when the idea is right it will it, it won't write itself but it will carry itself through you won't be second guessing and arguing about it i think yeah i think you know i think like going back to the, you know there there there's a there's a school of thought within sort of creative departments that you have to be belligerent you have to fight and but that, I think I think if you're having to do that then you haven't really answered the brief mm. correctly mm-hmm. like you should be able to do something brilliant that makes oh sorry it's alright right. <laughs> do, do something brilliant that makes the client as excited and happy about it as you are otherwise sort of you're only doing half of your job I think um, so should we step on to when we're, well, we're still doing what we learned from working there you guys were at McCann Manchester right mm-hmm. what did we get there um, probably that's similar to what Al was saying about, so Aldi obviously dominates that agency, but the the opportunity is in the stuff that isn't Aldi, I think, generally speaking. For a second, I thought you were pointing at Al and saying Al dominates that agency. Al, well, Al <laughs> dominates it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so again, he's kind of, yeah, looking at work for the other opportunities. I, it was, it's such a beast, that agency, I think, um, and thoroughly enjoyed our time there I think um, it has so many plus points but then for me like negative points so the uh, in-house studio which everything is pumped through felt really limiting mm-hmm. um, it felt like kind of a financial decision a financial decision because yeah, I think it's, it's, it must be so hard to sustain an agency of that size I, you know in 10 years time I think there'll be far less if none of them yeah, I, think, I mean I think on the, on the one hand it's genius from a commercial point of view because mm-hmm. it's like completely defined them yeah and sort of yeah like <clears throat> but then creatively is it quite limiting like, yes and then, then you know you're you're making decisions because of where you have to make something not like is it the is it is it the right is it the right thing but I mean I think putting the cart before the horse into yeah mm-hmm. but then that said as well I think Sort of looking at, I mean, I think 
We learned an awful lot from Dave there as well, Dave Price. Mm. Just how how to manage a client of that size, like, and how methodically to present really good work. Yeah, we learned learned an awful lot from that from that point of view as well. And definitely he, something we took, was, we took forward. He it? was great. He was saw also probably the most sort of anal ECD we've ever heard, and mm-hmm. anal in the sense that he's just so focused on every tiny. He won't, he won't go like, no one will see that. No, exactly. He's, uh, every single piece, which was, um, yeah, really, really inspiring and impressive. And, he, knew, he knew the client so well. It's like, it's mm. sort of like, and there's, you know, there are certain times where he's sort of like, you can, a script can fall apart because there's a typo in it, you realise. Sort yeah. of actually that matters, right? Yeah. And sort of like, or you, you know, you've, you've put the wrong, Strap line on something, it's like, and so, you know, somebody's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's the idea that matters. Actually, it's the idea that matters, but presented in a very well structured, methodical, purposeful way is mm. super important. So, like, I think Vince and Dave were really influential from point of view of like the cell. Like, and actually, when you as you move up and like sort of particularly our time through the BBC is like most of our job there is positioning, putting the work in the best position to be bought and sort of like learning, certainly, yeah, learn that through Vince and, and Dave. Like that's, that's, a, that's an art in itself. I'd also say the McCann Manchester in particular had a good understanding of its consumers as well, mm-hmm. of Aldi and every single brand. And I think, and I think it's an important point going back to the London thing, I think it's an important perspective that you get not being in Shoreditch or Soho. You kind of, you're, it feels like it's a bit more real. You're, yeah. you're closer to the real world. Um, and, you know, you look at how that agency has built the Audi brand. It's stunning, but it's also down to sort of genius strategy and understanding of their consumer like uh, nobody else does. I don't think anyone does it better than them. I do know what you mean as well with, with regards to your point about being closer to the real world and closer to... Um, what you might call real consumers because uh, when you go to London, as you know, it kind of feels like a separate planet that could have its own self-contained economy, yeah. separate to the rest of Britain. That's, that's what it feels like anyway. Mm. You know, you go in the underground, one comes every two minutes and they travel at 60 miles an hour and there's 10 carriages. Mm. Anywhere else in the country, not the case. And so, it, it, and that really was, I think that was reflected around the sort of 2016 a confusion around um, Brexit. I can't remember the exact anecdote, but in Steve Harrison's book, Can't Sell, Won't Sell, he talked about people being dispatched from agencies to go and investigate what life's like yeah, in places yeah, yeah. like Hull. Yeah, that's um, fucking embarrassing. I yeah. don't know how, how there's, there's a problem there, I think. Yeah. You need to you need to be have awareness and cultural understanding of everywhere you go. And I just genuinely believe it's easier not being in, in central London, which... I love Central and I love being there. I love the companies there. I love all my friends that are there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's really important. It is its own place. Ultimately, yeah. clients aren't there. They're not sat in no. offices yeah. in Shoreditch and Soho. They live elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah. And sort of like they so sort of I think having that that common understanding as well is a is a is a massive benefit. But and it's it's a massive it's it's a massive problem like for, ta- for for talent, I think as well. Like it's it's almost impenetrable now for young creative talent to crack that nut 
Well, to go to... Yeah, to go to an agency in London. Not because... Live there for 20 years. Yeah, not because of the agencies or... But it's like the the cost. So if we, you know, we... The cost of existing is more than the cost of living in London. Yeah, 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 it's a massive... And so 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 it's sort of... You automatically, like, have to be of a certain, you know, uh, standing to be able to get a job there. And so it's sort of... it's It's a massive sort of, like... Diversity issue from from that point of view, where it's just like kids coming out of college, and sort of like, well, I can't do that, so that's yeah. it. So, they, so you so you miss yeah. out on a whole if you, level. If of you're not a middle class kid with parents who live close by, mm. oh yeah, it's really hard. No, you're right. That will be alienating for both the consumer um, and for potential talent. You know, I was talking to a chap at um, Iris the other day, and was saying I was I was lucky enough last year to be able to buy a house. And for what I got my whole house here in Salford, he was like, oh, here, you might be able to get like a bedroom and a bathroom. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's significant if mm. you're trying to communicate with the rest of the country. Mm, yeah. And, you know, you're like, well, to even get started in my career, I have to be able to have a 500K sort of, yeah, you know, yeah. mortgage. Sure. And most people will, can't, can't imagine that. So, mm. yeah, it, so, so there's part of the impenetrable thing of London is not only not being able to get in, but not being able to see out once mm. you're in it. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I mean, being able to bring like talent into BBC Creative but up here. Yeah. Like so you sort of the, you know, you get those you get that exposure to the to the sort of work that you get to, you know, the briefs that are in London, but you know, you're able to do them and survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, have a nice have a nice lifestyle. Cause it's sort of yeah, it, it, it is really limiting, right? That that sort of mindset and that mm. those challenges. So that was all spilled out of, I think, what we learned from McCann. And um, did we just, did we, should we, did we already cover it or do you want to do what we learned from BBC? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we probably touched on it. But I think the, 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 we were able just to double down, I think, on what we already learned elsewhere, that the sort of like building those relationships with clients is incredibly important. Yeah. And that's, that's hard to do when you only see that client Three or four, four or five times a year. And as you said, as the creative, you're kind of kept in a box away. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. So you, and so really it's sort of, but when they're two flights of stairs away from you, yeah. then that's like it's, it's, it's. You find that that's like really, really important. Like, yeah. like so you're not sending an email. You know, you get a bit of feedback that you. All right, you. All right, well, I'll send an email that then gets translated. You, Can you that, copy and paste my feedback into there? <laughs> yeah. Well, it goes to the account. Directory passes it on to the exec who passes it on to the uh-huh. marketing exec that and you know and it's sort of like by the time it gets to it it's sort of like Just make sure everyone has a job in between yeah, a, it's, yeah. a it's taken a day to get there and b it's probably lost its 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 purpose but when you that thing lands in your inbox you go oh I think we need to just have yeah. a quick chat I'll pop up and have a you know sort this out in in five minutes well, that's how you can tell there's some truth to the, the idea that agencies went from being you know, run by entrepreneurs and started being run by accountants because, mm. um, again, it was from the Call to Action podcast with Steve Harrison. They're talking about we had a, someone, one of them had a law firm client and something, things need to be signed off by all 34 partners before it was approved. <laughs> yeah. that, so that's law department, like law firm behavior yeah. that now is present in all agencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah it can it's be. I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, the, B, the BBC generally was, you know, at times it was a difficult sign off process, but generally easy but yeah we um it's just trying to avoid those sort of clients and we're at a point where we can be quite relatively choosy and we have been already we're um 
we've taken maybe some brave thing, brave choices where we could have just taken the money and it would have defined us incredibly quickly and probably ruined what we're trying to do. And we would have just blended into the background. And yeah. we, yeah, we don't want to do that. It's, it, it, the creative opportunity is way more important to us. I think one thing I learned as well is sort of that, that <clears throat> the, I think why going back to working with Helen at Chester, Chester Zoo, having, you know, ha- her having worked at the BBC is like, I think I've said to you before, Greg, but I just, like, I wish, like, work, working in the marketing departments of the BBC should almost be a national service for all yeah. marketers <laughs> because yeah. it takes that, like, there's, there's that constant workflow. So it takes all of, it takes that fear and certainty and just builds absolute confidence in, like, what you're doing. Like, sort of, you know, when you're constantly making stuff, then you just, you, you become used to it. And, you, yeah. you know, you make the decision quickly. It becomes a bit more instinctive. You can, you know, take a little bit of a punt on something and, you know... Right, so the less work you do, grab. the more risk-averse you are. Yeah, totally. Sort of like, if you make one... TV out a year, then you're gonna, yes, yeah. you're gonna like put so much focus on that one thing. Like you, it gets micromanaged. Whereas you're making something or two or three things a month, then it's sort of like it just yeah, it just builds absolute confidence in the in a your ability, but also the decisions that you that you that you make. But then mm-hmm. also it multiplies the the conversations you have to have. So we'll be pitching work like or like constantly, but then. When we take that onto stakeholders, then you kind of you've already got that, you know, that rapport with them, and you've already got that. But also, sort of, you quickly real you quickly learn that every single person you have to present slightly different to. Like it's sort of like you become like quite well a quite well oiled machine. It's like well, if well, let's build this presentation and sell this idea in this way to that person because like we know that's how they you know how they think so yeah uh, mm-hmm. so it's just like but yeah sort of i think i got off track a little bit but sort of the the confidence that that level of like turnaround and work and brief builds into a client you you see it now when with helen at chester zoo is sort mm-hmm. of like just like right yeah no I, I know what i need to do here let's do it let's just get on with it let's let's get in the trenches and start, start it was a great bbc was a great training program mm-hmm. for this setting up bbc creative in North, yeah. as we did, and the success of that age, the agency, the Salford office punched well above its weight and was, you know, winning the bulk of all the sort of awards and stuff. It was, it's great. So it was kind of we were trying stuff, I suppose. We were experimenting. Yeah, yeah, we experimented a lot there, and it's like like we mm. that that wouldn't that work wouldn't have got through something like tapestry wouldn't have got through no. without that confidence of the marketing team from. You know, years of experience of doing these 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 projects, and mm. yeah, so it's yeah, it was. It's definitely something. It's definitely our mentality that we yeah that we want to build. And like Al says, it's 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 not just finding the right work; it's finding the right clients and the right you know the right clients at those brands that you know yeah. that sort of mentality won't be for everyone. They, yeah, they don't necessarily. Yeah, want... Not all clients want to see see you all the time or like, yeah. no. being. Being constant some of them dialogue. do just want like a retainer they for some yeah, they want direct. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's fine as well. But it's, yeah, it's finding the right the right people to work with as long as as well yeah. as the right brands to work. But generally on. speaking, the clients that do want that relationship and want to be involved are the clients that want the best work yeah. actually. So yeah. it it's sort of a yeah. virtuous circle. In yeah, that definitely. Space. If you yeah. can find the clients that really want to be in the kitchen with you and, and getting stuck into the work and mm-hmm. really passionate about it, that's where you'll yeah. get the best work from. Yeah, I guarantee the best work comes from 
those sorts of clients. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to answer the, the question about what these guys have learned from the BBC for them, actually, <laughs> from my perspective, having worked with them both before and after. Yeah, that's and a different... worked with a lot of creatives in, right in twats, the, the middle bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I found is that it's, it's so refreshing working with these guys on, on creative stuff because they are just so... That ownership over it at every single stage is just immense because you're just involved at every mm. single stage rather than just handing it over to to an account handler and thinking, right, I've got rid of that brief, now on to the next one. Mm. You are mm. absolutely into the into the detail, into the, the every single step of the project all, all the way through. And and not only does it make my job a lot easier trying to account handle those jobs, but again it makes the work better and it makes the relationships better again. Mm. That's what I think, anyway, from what I've been saying. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, it's early days, give us a month or so. <laughs> we'll do another one of these, the yeah, uh, yeah. sort of the meanwhile what could have been podcast in a month. <laughs> we'll have to interview us individually because we... Al, you've been uh, a managing director before and that's what you bring to the table and that's really... Um, a, I can testify to the fact that that's an essential thing to have in place for a startup because we started with no real experience, no clients in the industry, no, um, uh, no one had any experience of running a business. So you have to learn everything painfully along the way about how to keep the relationships going, regulating the internal politics, how to respond quickly if some things are not going the way yeah. you want them to. Um, as an MD, do you have growth ambitions for this thing? Are you looking for, to take this to a thirty-people agency, or are you going to keep it a small consultancy? We've got um, we've got huge ambitions, to be honest. But really, our, our ambitions aren't defined by size or or by Not money. Arbitrary numbers. Really. Yeah, exactly. It's more by the type of the type of work that we get to do and the type of clients that we get to do it for. Really, I mean, yeah, we you know if we can make some decent money out of this along the way and and employ some great local talent, then that would be fantastic. But actually what's, I think, more important to us is, this sounds like a massive cliche, but it's genuinely true, what's more important is is getting to do some great work that we can be proud of and that we can just really enjoy the process of doing as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a fine ambition to start off with. Um, should we reconvene in 18 months and yes, see how we did? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Follow up. Yeah. All right. So I guess it's, um, uh, you know, Godspeed meanwhile. And um, I think a lot of people are watch. a lot of people have their eyes on this venture. They are keen to see if it goes somewhere or not. I think before they comment on it publicly. <laughs> you know, like, so we'll see if it's, the, the, you know, another uncommon. Um, yeah, let's hope so. Um, maybe you'll be on this ambitious board that hopefully isn't in <laughs> shot. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, anything else we want to give a shout out to to all 50 of our viewers and listeners before um, before we go or thanks for having us it's been a real pleasure marketing director with a marketing budget yeah Al at meanwhile.agency we'll send this straight to um, oh I don't know whoever's in charge of a big brand I won't get in trouble for naming thanks for coming on guys it's been really good appreciate it thank you cheers